Hi, you're listening to The Home Hour. This is the show where we talk about family, food, parenting, managing a home, and everything that goes on inside your four walls. I'm your host, Megan Francis, Mama Five, and creator of The Happiest Home Blog. I'm glad you're here. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 61 of The Home Hour. I'm glad you're here. Today, I'm talking with busy dad, Jim Lynn, but before I get to our conversation, I want to give a shout out to today's sponsor. Today's show is sponsored by the Museum of Science and Industries Summer Brain Games Program. If you've ever been to Chicago, you are probably familiar with the Museum of Science and Industry. It's one of my family's favorite destinations, and they're offering a free eight-week program to keep your kids thinking and engaged this summer break. So all you have to do is register online. You'll also receive one free museum entry voucher to the Museum of Science and Industry, and you'll get weekly activities um, and instructions on how to do those activities with your kids kids in your inbox every week for eight weeks this summer. Did I mention it's completely free? Just go ahead and register for free at lifelistened.com slash SBG. That's lifelistened.com slash SBG for summer brain games. That link will take you right to the registration page. You can register for free and start getting your activities and your museum entry voucher right away. Okay, now on to the show. Today I'm talking with Jim Lynn of Busy Dad Blog, and we're talking about something he is really passionate about and has been since he was a kid, and how he's brought that passion into his life as a busy father with five kids in his household. Um, we talked a lot about how when sometimes when you have a big family, it's hard to get everyone on board the same activities, but it can be such a fun thing to have that one thing that everyone likes to do together. And in Jim's case, that's fishing. I know very little about fishing. And when we first started talking, I kind of assumed we'd end up talking about all kinds of summer activities, but we ended up spending the entire show talking about fishing. And I promise you, it is really interesting and fun to listen to because Jim is a great conversationalist. And also he just has some really, you know, really neat ideas about the way to kind of incorporate your interests with your kids and to bring your kids on board, even though sometimes they might not be super excited about something that you're excited about, um, there are always ways to make something appealing to everyone in the family. So whether your thing is fishing or something completely different, I think you're really going to enjoy listening to my conversation with Jim Lynn. Hey, Jim, how are you doing? Good, Megan. How are you? Good. So like I said in the intro, Jim and I are going to be talking about family activities um, that take place outdoors. <laughs> That's like the clunkiest way you could ever say like fun stuff we do with our kids outside, right? But Well, I think it's not always say not the computer. It, right, exactly. Um, <laughs> and I think that that totally ties into the idea of home life because things that we love to do outside of our homes are often a big part of what we enjoy about each other when we're in our homes and our family lives. So um, Jim, I want you to talk a little bit about the stuff that you and your kids um, and Shannon's kids now like to do together outside. I know fishing is a big one for you. I know that you said you're fixing up a boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so talk about that, how that fits into your life, especially a, a busy, you know, working parent's life. Right. Well, the thing with fishing is uh, fishing has an edge over all things because that is my number one favorite thing to do. And it always has been since I was a kid. Um and the reason why it's come back with such a vengeance is that I lived in L.A. for 16 or 17 years, and I kind of had to give up fishing. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't living in a convenient place to be able to just go fishing on a whim. 
Um, it was something that would have to be planned and it was usually a multiple day thing just because the places that I like to fish are a little bit further away. Um, so it really was a void in my life. So moving back up to Northern California, um, I moved to a city that was literally within 10, 15 minutes of my favorite fishing spots, I'd say in the country. So that's why I came back with such a vengeance. Um, and it's something that, you know, I kind of rediscovered it again when I moved up here, uh, which just made me all the more excited for it. And then it just so happens that all the kids are around that age or that ideal age um, to discover really cool outdoor hobbies and things like that. So it just all fit. Oh, that's great. So what do you do? You fish for a specific kind of fish? Yeah. So fisher? yeah, no, I, my favorite kind of fishing is freshwater fishing, bass fishing in particular. Um, Back east, when I was growing up, I also did a lot, did a lot of fly fishing for trout. Okay, uh, love that. Would love to get back into that. That's a little bit more complex. Um, and while you can do it up here, uh, it's again the places to fish aren't as accessible. So it's one of those things I have on my list to kind of do in the next few years and find good places to go and do that. But for now, like the bass foot fishing, which is my first love, is plentiful and good. Okay, so. Fishing is one of those, such a quintessential, like, father-kid activity. And, you know, I'm sure it brings to mind the image of a dad and a son or a daughter sitting in a boat, um, the hat on, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of floating around, you know, casually talking about life and stuff. And I'm sure that's sometimes far from the reality. So tell us, like, for someone, and I have, I am a total, I think one time I caught a fish out of one of those places where it's like a, basically a pool. Or that's like stopped, uh-huh. and you, oh, put right. the, you know, you put the line in, and immediately you have a bite. My and it's son's like, first, <laughs> my son's first fishing experience ever was one of those things. Yeah. When we lived in LA, there was a, a park, a local park that, that held a fishing derby, and what they did was they literally took, uh, you know, took an empty area of the park, probably around the size of let's say maybe twice as big as a home swimming pool. Yeah. They dug it out. Uh, they dug it out, lined it with a tarp, filled it with water. Uh, and then on the day of the fishing derby, they dumped a dump truck full of trout in there. <laughs> yeah. And then, so you have like a hundred kids standing around the pool and just throwing their lines in and catching trout. Yeah. But I felt that was valuable because I just wanted my son to be exposed to that thing. Right. Where you throw something in the water, pool a fish and catch it. So it was right. okay for a first experience. I was fine with it. Well, and, and there's a little bit of confidence building. Because something actually right. happens. I was going to say, I think the other time I went fishing, it was one of those where we sat outside in a canoe for hours and hours, and I got really sunburned and never even saw a fish. So that was a little less. Than that, happens that happens often, too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So describe, like, what an outing looks like, especially <laughs> when you're doing it with, you know, kids. Oh. <laughs> what an outing looks like with five kids is nothing like a Norman Rockwell painting. Yeah, I it's imagine that. At every moment, at every moment, someone needs their hook rebated or two lines got tangled or the whole reel snarled. And so when when I do have those moments where I take everyone out to fish, I actually leave my fishing stuff at home. Yeah. Because I just want to take the temptation away of me fishing mm-hmm. and just focus on on making sure the kids can fish. And so I'm there just running around untangling lines, breaking up fights, okay. rebating hooks. Um Every once in a while, helping a kid reel a fish in, but that's a rarity. Like our trips are really just to get outside, hang out, and do something different that's not sitting in front of a video game console. 
And is this one of those things, you know, I don't, I know it's probably different depending on what kind of fish you're going for and what area of the country, but I also feel like there's a lot of early mornings and rain involved with fishing. <laughs> there is if you're hardcore about yeah, it, okay. but actually the, it's, that's funny. You should mention that because there is this one place, um, and we've been there twice, I think, um, we found our Airbnb and it's just way up north in the mountains. Um, and it's a house that's on a private lake Okay. and the lake is shared by four people. And the few times we've been there, like that's been a great experience because, because it's not so heavily fished. Mm-hmm. All the kids can actually catch something. They, we bring our kayak there. We have a kayak. They've got two boats there. And so the whole weekend, there's nothing to do but enjoy the outdoors. So we wake up in the morning, we go fishing. Um, and actually, one of my favorite kind of images of that was what you mentioned. On one of the weekends we went over the summer, it started raining. Um, but the kids didn't care. They were having so much fun. So we had you know, my son and Shannon's son out on a canoe while it was raining. They were fishing. We could just see them. The lake is small enough, so you never lose sight of the kids, which is mm-hmm. great. So they can go out on their own. So it was raining. They were fishing. Um, Shannon's daughter was standing on the dock by herself fishing. And it was just the lake was calm except for the pitter-patter of the rain on it. It was just a cool thing to sit back and watch and go, huh, these kids actually like this. Well, and especially because a lot of times like it starts to rain and it's like we all think we're going to melt and everyone just, well, that's over. Go inside. But They were so absorbed in the moment that they didn't care what was happening. And I had actually called the boys in. Mm-hmm. because it was one of those days where it was kind of off and on. So one thought it would just, it would just be for a little while, but it looked like it was coming down pretty heavy. Yeah. It's getting time for dinner. So it was just really nice to see them doing that on their own because sometimes you do wonder as a parent, am I dragging the kids into this and they're just kind of humoring me or do they right. really like what they're doing? That's for me, for everything in parenting, that it always comes down to that. Like, are they humoring me or do they right, really right. enjoy it? Well, there, there's that. I mean, it's a fair question. We were talking before we started recording about um... – how when kids are little, sometimes they'll just kind of go along with whatever you say. I mean, they don't really have many options, and they haven't mm-hmm. gotten used to being able to really have their own agenda yet. Mm-hmm. But then right. you get adolescence, and what I found is sometimes the kids just don't think they want to do anything outside of what they think you know, they're going to spend their morning or their Saturday or mm-hmm. whatever doing, which for them might involve just lying around watching TV or whatever. And so sometimes getting them out there is that hurdle. And then once you're past it, Everyone figures out how to have a good time. Have you, have you had that experience where, yes, you know? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. The, the inertia of, of getting them first out of bed right? Uh, and then like off the TV or off the games, the inertia of that is the most difficult part. And you're going to get the most groans and grumbles. Mm-hmm. But we find that, you know, once, once you're on the water and once you're doing that, once you don't have those other things distracting you, you can kind of enjoy the moment. And, you know, the different kids like – are excursions for different reasons. Like Shannon's oldest son just likes to be out there and take pictures. Mm-hmm. So he'll put the rod down and go wander off somewhere, take some pictures and come back. We'll actually drop them off. We actually dropped them off at shore one day on a reservoir we go to just where it was just really uninhabited. There's actually cows and random other animals roaming around. We just dropped them off and he just left for like 30 minutes. <laughs> nice. He was ready. He came back down, but that's, that's yeah. how he values it. Right. You know, the other, some of the other kids like the actual catching of the fish more, the pursuit of the fish, and mm-hmm. you know, um, it's kind of cool to see everyone values it for their own reason. But once we're out there, they find a they find something that they like about it. Do the kids all know how to clean a fish? I actually I don't often eat the fish. Okay, it's, I'm more of a sport fisherman. I let them go. But when we went to that that private lake yeah. uh, up in the mountains, I thought that was a valuable lesson to be connected right. to your food. 
so we did catch a bunch of fish and I, um, I did a fish cleaning clinic. And so we cleaned the fish that out, they had an outdoor kitchen, which was nice because cleaning up after it's cleaning gross, fish right? is horrible, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the worst part of it. That's yeah. like, it's not worth the meat you're going to get. Right. But for the learning experience, so I took them down and had a, had a bucket of fish and we cleaned them, uh, taught them how to fillet and stuff like that and had them do it. Um, and I find it's really funny. My son in particular will never touch fish, but if he catches it, he really wants to eat the fish. So it's yeah. kind of neat. It's really completing that loop of this is, you know, this is, this is where your food comes from, at right. least theoretically. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. This is where this um, one piece of food is going to come from today. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So yeah. you're, connecting, you're connecting with the ecosystem of your, or, of your life through this. And it's kind of neat to go from beginning, from catching the fish and the thrill of that, to cleaning the fish and the accomplishment that that, that involves, and then actually walking them through how to cook a fish properly and then eating the fish. It's a, it's a nice process that I think is useful for kids, especially in our modern age. Yeah. Right? Where you just don't question where the food comes from and your food doesn't look like anything. Right, 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 right. Um, to, to really yeah. understand that. So now you said that you grew up fishing. Was that something you did with, with your dad or with an elder relative or how did you get into that? No, this is actually a really interesting story that might go deeper into my psyche. Oh, I can't wait. There. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's peel back the layers here. I'll tell you why I love fishing so much. So I grew up uh, in a town where I was the only Asian kid. Okay. And back in the early 80s, that was t- a tough position to be in. Um, you know, I, I, racism is a very, very uh, per- uh, pertinent topic for, yeah, for the it, day. Yeah, it absolutely is. But yeah. let me just take it down a few levels of intensity and just say it was, it was tough being an Asian kid. It was tough making friends. Um, and so... I lived in a town where there was um, a lot of lakes and ponds and things like that. So I essentially taught myself how to fish. Mm-hmm. Um, a family friend has, had brought us out once um, to Cape Cod um, where we where we caught some fish. And that's where I kind of got the bug. But after we got back from that, um, I was like, I really like this concept of catching fish. So I, I remember going to the store with my dad, picking out a fishing rod and just – from there, figuring it out. Um, there wasn't internet back then. I couldn't, you know, uh, I couldn't look it up real easily. So it was all like trial and error. I remember for like a year, I casted completely wrong. I had this weird method of casting was completely wrong until, um, I did luckily meet a few friends. Uh, and luckily those friends like to fish as well. So a couple friends in my, in my youth that I remember fondly who kind of were responsible for, um, kind of helping me learn the ropes of fishing, but I used to go with them and through that, I loved fishing. Like those were the things that, that occupied my time. I remember um, I would just have my mom over summer break just in the morning, drive me over to the pond and pick me up at night mm. and I'd fish. And that was, that was okay. If I didn't have that many friends, at least I could fish. And then I remember uh, a few years later, I think in middle school, saving up uh, for a little boat that would fit in our station wagon. So I okay. saved up uh, we did a flea market thing where I sold my old toys, saved up allowance, Christmas money, and everything like that. And I bought like a, a little boat that fit into my mom's station wagon uh, and a little electric motor. And so I would take that thing out into the middle of, of the pond or the lake and fish. And I just remember it was kind of funny and sad at the same time looking back. Kids would throw rocks at me to try to hit me in my boat. Oh my God. But I would just stay just out of reach and watch the rocks kind of plop in front of me. And just that was that was my day, and it was fun. And so fishing kind of helped me through those tough times. Um, and I think that's 
the emotional reason why I love fishing. I mean, I love it as a sport. I love it as an, as an activity, but it will always have a special place in my heart because that's the thing that got me through tough times. Yeah. And so, no, it wasn't yeah. my dad. He didn't fish. My dad, like all credit to him, he would, he would be really like, I remember him taking me to fishing expos because those things were just my favorite time of the year. Um, and he would just park in the lot and wait for me for three hours as I wandered them. Um, you know, or he would take me out to, to places that were far away and he'd rent a boat and we'd go and he'd just sit there and he wouldn't fish. And the funny thing is the one time he did pick up a rod and fish, uh, we were stopped by the Rangers to check our licenses and he didn't have one. Oh, no. So then he was banned from fishing for the year. <laughs> so it was just like fate. He never fished. And the one time he did, he got caught. So, oh, so he funny. just always drove me around. Uh, and indulge my my love of fishing without oh, great. ever participating, like right. physically participating in the sport. So I always appreciate him for that. Well, that's I think that's uh, that kind of goes to show you that you don't really have to be into what your kids are into to facilitate it for them. Yeah, really yeah, nice he definitely of, facilitated yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I was when you were talking about your friends who kind of showed you the ropes. I was thinking about how for someone who maybe has always wanted to try fishing with their kids or taking their kids out. Um, how not knowing kind of how it works could be a bit of a, an obstacle. So have you found, I mean, I know there must be kind of the unwritten rules and the social, you know, kind of rules about, about fishing and, and interacting with other fishermen and fisherwomen. Have you found that people who are out, like if you're at a spot where, you know, a few, few old dudes have their lines dropped over the edge of a pier or whatever, have you found yeah. that they're helpful? Are they welcoming to new people? I mean, I'm sure I it think, depends. But. Yeah, I think most fishermen are friendly to other fishermen just because you have the bond of that sport. Right. Right? Because whenever I come across somebody, like, I love Instagram's ability to really, um, like, other social platforms aren't so great with the hashtags, but when you tag something fishing or fishing life, you know, you get people from everywhere liking your stuff who love fishing i think fishing is still one of those things where if you find someone else who's really into fishing it really makes you happy because mm -hmm. the degree to which people who like fishing like fishing is so insane yeah yes right yeah and to to welcome someone into the fold and to be the person to help that person uh love fishing is a really it's a good feeling and i've done that myself right i've, I've been fishing just actually a few months ago um, I was pulling my kayak out of the reservoir. I was going home and this, this guy was there and he's like, what'd you catch these on? I told him when I caught him on, he's like, man, I never figured out how to fish those lures. And I just gave him a couple hooks, set up, set up the lures for him. I said, here, here's three of them. Here's how you do it. And he was so appreciative and it was nice for me to kind of pass that along. Oh, that's um, yeah. and I've done this even on social media. Like I've, I've actually, you know, assessed people's fishing trips. And go, oh, do this next time, do that next time. There's another dad blogger who's in Massachusetts who, uh, who, has, who, who have often shared fishing tips with. Uh, and that's a lot of fun. Um, the other day, his son caught a, a cool fish. And he, he uh, <laughs> it was, it's Aaron Gobea uh, okay. of Daddy Files. But mm -hmm. yep. uh, in his comment, he's like, always listen to Jim. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to fishing. <laughs> yeah. And it's really satisfying to, to see that because – I was watching the video of his kid catching a fish or seeing the pictures of his kid catching the fish. And I had just had that fishing conversation of what are the, what are the best lures to use in early spring? And we were messaging each other on Facebook about it. And then his kid like used, used that and, and caught a fish. Yeah. And so awesome. like even virtually, like it's, it's satisfying to, to see that. So if someone's making their first kind of excursion out, 
what are some of the things, like, what is the fisherman code? Like, what are the, some of the things I need to know to be polite? And, um, you know, I, I'm sure that there are things you're not supposed to do, things that you're absolutely supposed to do. And some are probably common sense, but maybe some aren't. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you're just starting out, I think people, people can tell right away. Yeah. And so there's not as much of a, I, like, it's not like, I know, like, I don't surf, but I know surfer culture is really like that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what is so intimidating about surfing. Um, that I've heard from many people. If you break the social rules, then you're just completely shunned. Right. <laughs> I think fishing is a lot different. Um, I think fishing is a lot uh, easy, more easygoing. Yeah. And if you are a beginner, people people know it and are willing to help. I mean, um, obviously, common sense applies, right? You don't want to fish too close to someone else. Yeah. Uh, you kind of give them their space and their area for for you know reasons of just social politeness, but also you don't want to get your lines tangled with other right. people. That's a lot, that's a hassle and that'll annoy people. Um, but you know, you can ask if people caught anything and usually if they do, they'll, they'll kind of be happy to contribute like how they caught it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, generally it's, it's a lot more common sense than you'd think. There's a lot fewer rules like with fishing in a boat. There's a lot more rules as far as how to, you know, how close to get to someone and things like that. But in general, I wouldn't worry about that. In other words, I wouldn't make that a deterrent. If right. you want to learn how to fish. You're not going to be <laughs> shunned from the fishing. Right, you right. Maybe make a little faux pas every now and then. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's funny, and, and I would love to kind of just go through the basics that you need to go on your first fishing excursion, because until my husband told me, it never occurred to me you had to have a license. I had no idea. So your dad's oh, story right. about needing a license. Oh, my dad's story, <laughs> yeah. So he, you know, you know, he, he knew after that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if, if you're wanting to get started and you don't want to make a huge investment or you just are a little overwhelmed by it, like, what are the minimum things that you need to get started? And another example, I didn't even think about renting a boat. You mentioned your dad renting a boat. I mean, that's yeah. something that probably a lot of people never even consider. Yeah, a lot of lakes, like the marinas at a lot of lakes that do rent boats are really helpful. So definitely like if it's, uh, I think if you first start fishing, if you find a place with a shoreline, that's probably the easiest, least committed, least committed way you can learn fishing. Okay. Right. A beginning fishing rod uh, costs like 10 to 20 bucks. So it's not that big an investment either. Right. And I, when people start fishing, I always encourage fishing with live bait like worms because that's mm-hmm. the easiest. You'll catch the, the smaller fish, but they're more plentiful. And I think especially for kids, uh, the allure of fishing happens when there's a, a lot of action. Right. So yes. I think yeah. kids would rather catch 10 small fish than one huge fish. Absolutely. Right. Yep. That's the constant action and the interaction with nature. Yeah. That's that I think is valuable. So a, a spin casting rod, you know, from you can buy, buy those at Target. Um, and they, those usually come with like a bobber and a hook and stuff like that. And really all you need in the beginning is a black bobber and a hook and some night crawlers, which you usually can get at any marina. Uh, or if you live near areas of water, like Walmart, uh, and even gas stations around the, the bodies of water will sell night crawlers. And okay. then you just have to thread the hook, throw it out there with the bobber and sit there and wait. And if you're in one of those areas where there's a lot of plentiful, um, smaller fish and if you're in an area that has a lot of bluegills or sunfish those are probably the best ways to start fishing because those things will bite anything when i was a kid i used to catch them on balls of wonder bread okay um anything i think that's the best way to start fishing that's how i got my start in fishing and then as you get more into it then you start you use it, start using the artificial lures going for bigger fish going for bass for example um but it's like the internet is so great. Like you could just go on YouTube now and just say, how do you fish? And you can find a bazillion videos on how to do it. 
Um, and so you really don't have to learn on your own anymore, which, you know, there's a value to that, but there's also a value to just going there knowing something. somehow, yeah, right. a little something on what to do if you got the right equipment. Um, when I was a kid, I remember one of my friends, um, he was fishing with me and, and off a small fish, maybe his rod was defective, his rod broke. And uh, he was just so mad that his rod broke. And the next time I went fishing with him, he brought along <laughs> a tuna rod. A fishing rod you literally catch tuna with. Okay. The thing is like as thick as a baseball bat. Right. I was going to say, I imagine we were at the large. Pond <laughs> catching fish that weren't bigger than our hands. Right. That kid, I mean, it was so funny because back then you just kind of trialed and errored it. And he's like, well, my rod broke. So I'm going to go to the store and get, get the those. biggest rod they have. So you have this huge tuna rod that you take on these tuna trips where you're catching like 600 pound fish. Right. And he was fishing for sunfish with it. That's my favorite memory of like childhood fishing. And just like, that's just the way we did things. <laughs> you just, well, you know, you figured stuff out. And a lot of times I don't think parents were as involved in every purchase, oh, everything, so. like the way they are now. Yeah. So you made a lot of mistakes, but there was value in that too. There was value and there was humor and there yeah. were stories. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> What's the biggest fish you've ever caught? I caught, I'm not as much of a saltwater fisherman, but okay. uh, the biggest fish I ever caught was in saltwater. I think it was a hundred pound marlin. Wow. Okay. And there's definitely excitement and adrenaline to that, but my favorite kind of fishing is, is freshwater fishing because there's an active hunt to it. Okay. Right. With ocean fishing, you're throwing something out there into the big wide blue ocean and you're just Hoping. driving around in the boat until yeah. something bites. Right. With the freshwater fishing, there's a lot more stalking involved. You're like, I bet you there's a couple fish under that log. I'm going to go oh, over, there, okay. over there and I'm going to try to fool them with this lure. I'm throwing it out there. I'm presenting it in this way, trying to make it look alive. And it's a lot more satisfying when you catch a fish like that when you're actively hunting than when you're just kind of throwing out into the big blue and just uh, trolling around until something hits. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to ask you if you, you know, where you would start narrowing down the best places to, as for a beginner to go. We live on Lake Michigan mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's fresh water, but it's enormous. And yeah. there's a lot of people fishing down there off of the side of the pier, but the pier is like probably at any point 10 plus feet from the surface of the water. Mm-hmm. So they've just got all these poles set up with the, you know, lines dangling. And I'm like, you can't even see anything. How do you know? Yeah. You know, it just doesn't feel as active. Like you said, as if you went to like a little inland lake. Yeah, start with, with a muddy bottom ponds. and, you know, a few yeah. feet deep at the at the edge. My favorite thing for kids is small ponds. Okay. You get more action. Uh, it's less hectic, right? You can kind of learn on your own pace. And even if you don't catch anything, like the birds are chirping. It's like being at the park. Right. You bring up sandwiches. Everyone's happy. The kids can fish. They can run around. Like yeah, that's, that's the nice. ideal way to learn fishing, I think. Do you do a lot of river fishing or any? Um, well, I, I fished the California Delta, which is this enormous river system, Okay. but it's a river system made up of tiny little inlets and stuff. So at any one point, it doesn't feel like a river river as you would picture it. Um, there just aren't too many rivers near where I lived back East. When I did a lot of fly fishing, it was all rivers. Okay. Right? Yeah. I would get my waders on and, and get in, get in the river or stream mm-hmm. and fish like that. But, um, you know, I usually fish in lakes or the Delta, which is kind of like a big lake slash river slash everything. It's just all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if someone's trying to figure out where the places are to go in their area, do, is there like an online resource they can use? Can they just go ask the guy at the bait shop? And where's, have you found the best way to find out? Where ask, to yeah, ask the, the fishing department at any store that has a fishing department. Okay. And they will just tell you like the local places to go. There's an app. I have nothing to do with the app. I'm just plugging it because it's awesome. Okay. It's called Fish Brain. 
Fishbrain. Okay. Yeah, it's a free app. Fishbrain, based on where you are, people log their catches. So oh, if wow, I catch okay. like a you know a trout or whatever, I will log it on Fishbrain, the size where I caught it, and it goes on Fishbrain. And everyone in my area within an X mile radius, I don't know what it is, it'll show up in their feed. Okay. Right? So Fishbrain is the thing that just keeps me jittery all day long because when people are catching fish out of the places that I want to go, I start twitching because I want to go. <laughs> but it's also very helpful because you see what they caught it on, what time of day, what conditions were. Uh, and it's a great way you, you can like people's catches and you can comment on them. So it's a great way to get to know people in your area who are fishing. And you learn a lot because people comment and they say, what would you catch it on? And people will you know, say, oh, I caught it on this, this, that, or doing this. I caught it in the morning. Um, you know, they share, they share the best spots on the lake and things like that. Again, the fishing community is kind of tight, so it's, yeah. it's generally helpful. Um, so fish brain is a great way to just see what around you, what people are catching around you, what kind of fish, where they're catching it, what they're catching it on. Okay. Love that app. Okay. That's really good. So fish brain, and I'll link to fish that brain. in the show notes mm-hmm. as well. Um, you mentioned when we were talking before that you are, you and the family are fixing up a boat right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So tell us about that project. So I have this crazy friend. Uh, <laughs> it always starts with the crazy. Exactly. Friend. Yep. This crazy friend, like I've known him for I think like more than ten years, but he's just one of those guys who just does things, right? Um, I love just. I would love to be thought of as that that person that just does. He things. just does things, and he's opened <laughs> so many businesses, and I've helped him out on a couple of businesses yeah. in the past, and he just does things. And one day he's just like, "Ah, oh, well, I think we should get a boat." And I was like, "I've always wanted a boat, right?" I got too many expenses and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, we don't, we don't, no, 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 I can get you a cheap boat. So right. he's one of those guys. He Always never has the paid, angle. Right. Like he's, source, he's, yeah. he's uh, not just a, a general contractor. So he builds things. He's, he, he owned a uh, gas station where, where he worked on cars. So he's like a mechanic genius. He's a building genius. He's just one of those guys that is really good with his hands and building and fixing things. So he's like, no, I'm going to get, I'm going to get us a boat. I'll, I'll find a boat. So I was actually in Boston on business when he picked up the boat, um, but we had nowhere to put it. So he came to my house and basically dismantled while I was in Boston. And if you look at Shannon's Instagram feed, you'll see this. He so dismantled our Sh- Is Shannon's pen. just, what is her Instagram? Uh, hey, Mr. Lady. Hey, Mr. Lady. Yeah. Okay, so, so look that he up. dismantled our fence, <laughs> took it apart, <laughs> used her kids as child labor to help. That's awesome. <laughs> Took it apart to build a a swinging, more of a swinging front fence so we could get the boat into the yard because we needed a place to put it. And so now there's a boat sitting in my backyard. I've got a nice new swinging fence uh, that can house the boat. And it's one of those project boats, right? It's a, yeah. It was a nice boat in 1987. Right. But nothing worked on it. So he actually fixed the motor up, rebuilt a lot of the parts. Um, but cosmetically it's just, it just needs a lot of work. It needs reupholstering. The hull needs work. So it's one of those things where this is actually really cool because it gives, uh, us something to do with the kids. Yeah. Gives them a sense of ownership. And I always like kids to be vested in things. So they value them more. Um, we've taken it out once and the motor's great. We've taken it out into Delta and, uh, we all putt putzed around. It was a lot of fun. How big is this uh, boat? It's like a 16-foot boat okay. with an open bow, so it'll fit like seven or eight people. Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, it's, it's just been a lot of fun to have it in the backyard. I, I've done conference calls from it when I'm That's working awesome. from home. It's just nice to sit in a boat and do a conference call just because <laughs> you can. <laughs> yeah, of course. 
other reason would you do a conference call from a exactly exactly (laughs) and so that's going to be an ongoing project the thing runs now which is great uh so we might take it out a few more times um but yeah he's just one of those guys he just does things and so he bought a boat we split the cost of it It wasn't that much uh helped build a fence yeah and now we now i've got a boat which is good because you know one of my dreams as a kid was to buy a uh a bass boat yeah um, and bass boats are very specialized fishing boats for okay. bass fishing. Um, but as a kid, uh, I always aspired to that. I watched the professional tournaments on TV and things like that on cable. Uh, and they're all in these really nice bass boats. And I've always wanted to, to, to me, the, my, my kind of, I've, I've made it in life is to be able to just get a bass boat and fish on it every weekend. That's awesome. Um, and they're not crazy, crazy expensive, but you know, when you have a family, there are other things that you have to you should spend your money on instead right. of a yeah, for yourself. No, it. So yeah. it's one of those things that's a far off dream. So having this boat is kind of my halfway milestone to that. Yeah. It's yeah, a, it's yeah, a yeah. bass ish boat. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we had a boat um, that we was my husband's dad's who passed away about five or maybe, no, maybe more, more like six or seven years now. Oh my goodness. Um, and so his mom wanted to keep it in the family. So she, when she was kind of done using it, we ended up with this boat and it was so great for two summers. Was this cabin cruiser? We were out on it. Even I would just work on it sometimes, you know, just keep yeah. it on the dock and just work on it in the slip. Um, we just kind of realized right now where we are with our family, like for us to sink that kind of money, yeah, into a boat and having it to have can a be slip. A lot of money. It's yeah. not the kind that you can just keep in the yard. It's just too big, right. and um, you have to you really have to store it. Um, right. At least not where we live. And right. so, so we we just kind of had to make the very painful decision that for at least now it's just it's going to stay in storage. We haven't gotten rid of it yet, but we're not taking oh, okay. it out. Um, I don't know if, you know, it's like one of those things, I think we would have to get really into boating and make that, that's what we do. Like, right, we don't right. go on vacations, we don't go camping, we don't do this or that, oh, boating, boating is our thing. Right. And uh, right now we're just not in that place. Uh, well, one of our kids was terrified to go out on the boat, which... <laughs> yeah, And, you know, right. going out on Lake Michigan is no joke. It's scary. Right, it's like going out in the ocean. It is. It's scary yeah. sometimes. It's not right. like being on this calm, you know, inland lake. So right. this wasn't the right time. But what I love about your story... Um, is and about you know how fishing has become part of your family culture is that i feel like sometimes especially in a big family everything we kind of have to simplify things right like everybody can't be doing their own thing all the time because if you've got five different kids and then two adults who are all passionately into something that doesn't have anything to do with what other people are into Mm -hmm. then it takes up everyone's time getting to and from those things so what i love about fishing is it sounds like you found a a way to make it work for everybody no matter what their interest is so maybe one of your kids will be really into the boat part right uh, the mechanic part and maybe one of the kids will be that person who does stuff like your crazy friend and one likes photography and it just it finds you know you find this one passion that everyone can find some way to be involved in yeah that's that's a really good point and and i think boating is boating like it's it's a you physically get out there but once you're out there you could be the person who's fishing you could be the person that's exploring nature or even painting something, right? Photographing yeah. or or just picnicking and enjoying the sunshine. That's so yeah. true. Yep, yep, yep. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when will we be able to see some progress on this boat? <laughs> I'd love to have a picture to share uh, actually on um, the show notes if you've got one. I think I I put it on Facebook the other okay. day as a reply to one of my friend's comments, but. Right. Uh, I'll try, I'll try to search that up for you. It's it's actually a view from our living room into the yard. Oh, fun. Okay. Just to end with the boat and my daughter like smiling in the foreground. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, <laughs> I also wanted to make a plug for the friend, the, like having the crazy friend who does stuff. Mm-hmm. Because what yep. I have found, we have one of those. Um, it's this retired 
well, retirement age gentleman, but he's never really retired. You know, mm-hmm. it's one of those people like they yeah. can't stop working. Yeah. Um, but he does all these different like one week, month he's working for a landscaping company, then he's snow plowing and, you know, it's all mm-hmm. over the place. Those people always have the connection to something. Yeah. Like they right. always know people who can get you whatever it is you want. <laughs> oh, he can. And yeah. he has he has uh six hundred, not even kidding you, he has six hundred cousins and family yep. living in the Northern California area. So basically he's my connection for my accountant is his cousin. Right. Like I rely on him for a, everything from like home repair things to car things, but his other cousin owns a tire store. So whenever I need tires, I got the hook up there. Uh, yep, it's yep. like, it's amazing. Uh, he hired Shannon's son one summer for a construction job. Yep. Um, but another thing about that kind of a friend is they, is they're the ones that, that take you out of talk mode to do mode. You're I could so sit here right. all day long saying, I really need to get myself a boat. I really, I really want to kind of start exploring that. But unless you have a doer friend, right, you're going to sit there and talk about it all day. But this guy just pushes you to do it. It's like, all right, fine, let's go get a boat. Yeah, no, you're And the so next right. thing, he's pulling up in your driveway with a boat. And with a boat, and you're like, down. oh, you, you, you right. did it. You actually got it. And <laughs> exactly. Jim, I think for people like you and me who work in social media and online and on computers and stuff too, it's even, wor- like, it's even worse because not oh, only yeah. are we already kind of cerebral and yeah. planners and thinkers, yeah. but like the nature of our work kind of just keeps us sitting in a chair. Right, often. we are not hands-on people at right. all. Right. And I'll admit, I'm not a hands-on person, but if someone's going to force me to be hands-on, I'll be like, all right, I guess I'll do it. Yep, but yep. I would never have been the first one to go find some junky old 40-year-old boat, right. lay down some cash, buy it, without even knowing if it works or not. Yeah. That's just not me. Yep. Yeah. So I need right. that guy in my life to force me to do that. Yeah. So if you don't have that person in your life, listeners, um, if you if there's somebody that everyone around you seems to know and seems to be involved in like every transaction, project, <laughs> um, <laughs> conversation, like they're at everything, you just need to know that person. Yeah. Know yeah. That it's person. it's good for your life to have it that is. person in your life. It absolutely is. Yeah. Well, this has been really, really fun. I've loved talking about this is something that I um just knew nothing about. It's fascinating hearing you talk about fishing. You obviously have a huge passion for it. Um, We will have at thehomehour.com. There will be the show notes page, which I'm hoping will have a photo or two. And we can link to that app that you discussed, Fishbrain, and a couple other things. I've actually reserved a domain name. I'm thinking of of doing like a family fishing blog because Shannon actually likes fishing too, which is awesome. So we might have that coming pretty soon if we can get around to actually doing it. <laughs> well, hey, if you slap something up in the next week or so, we can, we know we can direct people okay, there. That's so. probably not, not too likely, but <laughs> I just like to say it. So now it's in public. Now I have to kind of do it. Now you have, now, yeah, exactly. Now you just need a doer web designer friend who will right. show up with a junky website already half made, then you can just fix it up. It'll exactly. be a fixer-upper website. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, thanks so much for all, as always, for being on the show, Jim. It's been great talking to you. Fun. Great talking to you, Megan. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Home Hour on the Life Listened Network. If you want to hear more episodes of The Home Hour, go ahead and go to thehomehour.com and you'll find all the episodes there. You can also visit our Lifestyle Podcast Network to find more shows about motherhood, style, work, and more. That's at lifelistened.com. Thanks a lot.